Blog Talk Radio.
In the name of Amen, the Supreme, the All-Powerful, the one and only true Lord. And Amen, we trust, as the Republican mentalist, the real 144,000 that's being gathered in this day and time, the mentalist, the Amen race, the bright race. Good evening, I'm your host, the intellectual Nubian Menkares, and this is Mentalect Radio, and tonight we're going to be discussing colonizers or organizers. Was the white man really a colonizer, gentrifier, or was he ultimately an organizer? We're going to answer that question tonight. First and foremost, before I start, can everybody hear me coming in clear? So make sure I'm coming in clear before I start. All right. All right. Clear, clear, clear. Am I coming in clear? Clear is clear. All right. All right. Good, good, good. Excellent. Intellect. All right. First, foremost, we must learn to see the beast for what he was. Ultimately, the people who were the, um, the, um, I want to say the people who were the uh, casualties of colonization, meaning the natives, the people who were the casualties of gentrification, meaning the, you know, people that lived there, you know, might as well call them natives too. You know, when you got people who are going to come into an area and they're going to organize and structure things, more than the people who are there, they will over time, you know, surpass and they will, you know, move beyond those people, right? They will supersede those people. Organization and structure is everything. Organization and structure is everything. This is why I don't take black people seriously at all when they talk about coming together, doing something, we need to do something, this ain't right, the stuff that happens to us. I don't take black people seriously. No one should, and no one does, simply because black people lack the ability to organize, to structure, to work together. Reason being is because that requires discipline, maturity, and people agreeing to live by a lower and follow an order. It requires people to live by a law and follow an order. If you refuse to live by a law and follow an order, then you will be overtaken by those who will. Because these dimensions, these atmosphere, this atmosphere that we live in is based on law and order and structure, right? And organization. Everything around us is organized. Everything around us is structured. There is no such thing as disorganization, no kind of structure. Your biological system works on order, on an organization, on a structure, right? They, everything in your body works in alignment with all other parts of your body. You know what happens when that, you know what happens if that doesn't work like that? You get diseases. You get sick, you get discomfort, and you can eventually die. If one part of your body is out of sync with the rest of your body, if there is no organization, if there is no structure, if there is no order to how your body runs, 
then that can throw your body off. If your if your heart is beating irregularly, right? Irregular, they call it an arrhythmia, or it's not beating as you know as a heart's supposed to be. If it's beating too fast, if it's beating too slow, they have to go in doctors and they have to try and either speed it up or slow it down or do something to keep your heart at a certain rate because your heart pumps out blood and you, you know it has to follow a certain rhythm right and it's structured it's organized it's orderly that's how you know that the very people that projected everything forward right that you see today from biological structure to environmental uh, order right even down to governmental because governmental really follows environmental order governmental order follows environmental order there has to be government governmental order to follow environment because without governmental order there is no civilization there is no civilization without governmental order right you have to control the minds of the people you have to control the minds of the people with law and order with righteousness right you see the only problem with the beast is he's not he doesn't really have a grasp of law and order or righteousness for that matter which is why he is not fit to rule at this given time that's coming this given time that is coming this time in which we are headed toward the onslaught of the fourth dimension of pure reality and clarity an extension of where we once were headed to that was discontinued because many of our people did not want to follow order they did not want to follow orders they did not they did not want to organize and structure and live by that organization and structure see the beast knows that organization and structure are his saving grace that is his power of base because as long as he organizes and structures and works together and cooperates with one another they will always hold power they will always hold power whereas our people will not we will always be the um, people who are at the end of it. You know, we'll be at the receiving end of their power. When at one point in time, they were at the receiving end, and the whole world were at the receiving end of our power. Because we took things seriously. We took law and order very seriously. We took structure and organization very seriously. How you know that is because you could not have had societies, civilizations that lasted as long as ours did without people being in a totally different mind state than what they are today. You see, black people are not in the right mindset. They're not in the right mindset because, number one, they're allowing themselves to be called black people. And number two, like I said, black people have been bred to be disorderly and disorganized and tribal, right, individualistic, which gives colonizers, gentrifiers, organizers the ability to come in, take over your neighborhoods, 
take over your areas, take over your countries, right? Because I tell you, whenever the so-called white man comes, he comes like a pack. They come like a pack of wolves, right? They come like an army of ants. And each ant has their title, and each ant has a job to perform in order for the colony to take over. Notice, like I said, they refer to the ants as a colony, right? When they come and take over an area and whatnot, they working together. Now, they refer to the white man when he comes into your countries as colonizers. They're building a colony. They've already worked out how things are going to go, who's going to be in charge, who's going to defer to who, who's going to be the ultimate order that is given. Black people cannot do that. They don't know how to do that. I told you that who we were in the past does not mirror who we are today. Who we once were in the past does not mirror who we are today. Well, some of us, I'll say. Some of us. But there's enough of us to regenerate that spark. See, this is the reason why the so-called white man never wants to link us to civilizations. He never wants to link us to Mesoamerica or Egypt or Sumeria or any of those things. He'll tell you African, though. He'll tell you tribal African and you came from some place in Africa as tribal people, but they never want to link us to civilizations and societies, even though they know that that's what we come from. They know that's who we are. But you know why they don't want to do that? Because they're afraid that being that we were civilized and we were we, we hit the planet in a state of civilization and we had societies going much longer than he's been on the planet. We had civilizations going longer than he's been on the planet. He knows that all it takes is a spark, spark of remembrance, a spark of foresight to look forward and think to yourself, you know what? We need things to go forward to how they used to be in the past, but only going forward into the future. In other words, we came out of rulership and went into servitude. And when enough of our people sit and they're tired of, they tired of moving in servitude, they're going to want to come into rulership again, the right ones of our people, the righteous ones of our people. And the beast knows that. He knows that it's not too far for our people to come into that right set of mind. That's why Gehuva, I got to point to Gehuva again. Gehuva said, we have to stop the rise of the black messiah that will raise and electrify the masses. Why do you think he meant that? He wasn't talking about these people coming together to cause race riots and wars. He was talking about the very thing the white man fears the most. He like he don't have no problem with race riots and race wars and, and tearing up cities and things like that because he can always rebuild. You burn down stuff, he can always come in and rebuild it. He don't care if you burn down your own shit. He don't care if you burn down your own neighborhood. He you, he can come right in, like sit banding and whatnot. You know, you niggas burnt down your own neighborhood. Then when it comes time to gentrify, because he owned the property, he'll collect the insurance money on it, right? All neat and tidy. And some some Zion and some Jew connect the, collect. He will probably own the buildings in your area anyway. He'll collect the insurance money on it, and no harm, no foul. And then when it comes time for him to, you know make some money on the property, want to turn the neighborhood around, 
they'll demolish all that burnt down building. You'd be like, damn, they fixing that building? That building been abandoned for 20 years. Ain't nobody been there. Somebody, they, they turned that into a apartment. Oh, yeah. See, even in that, allowing you to tear up your neighborhoods and have your riots, even they have an organized plan for that. So they know how long you niggas going to go when you get upset about some racial stuff. They know how long you're going to go, how long you're going to act up, how long you're going to have a fit. And they know eventually, you know, usually around three or four days to a week, you niggas will calm down and everything will go back to normal. See? They even got a time on that. They even organize and structure your rebellions. They know how to organize and structure your rebellions and your protests and things like that. Because even when they let you protest, they structure and organize your protest for you. They get the police to come out there. Because they, the reason why they allow you to protest and march and whatnot is because it's practice for the police. Remember I told you? It's practice for them on how to control huge crowds. They always want to have that knowledge because, again, everything about them is planning and organization and structure. You see, so-called black people don't think like that. That's why they don't think that people can be um, evil or have a plan of diabolical evil to harm and destroy them and take what they have because, see, black people don't think that other people think on that level. The worst thing black people show about themselves is the fact that they have no foresight, nor can they socially think of or how I want to say I want to say this this way. They can't associate extended thought and planning and patience and you know people you know working together to you know They'll call it some, like, conspiracies and things like that. They can't fathom people doing that because black people can't do that. Black people were bred to think small. And when I say black people were bred to think small, I mean that they were bred by white people, this fictitious race of people called black. Because I told you it was a time before we were black, before we accepted that false title, before we accepted that false identity. We thought on a higher level. That's why the so-called white man will never tell you that you were the Aztecs, the Inca, the Mayan, and all of them. And he never talks about Mesoamerica. He doesn't. Because he knows that once you look back and you say, damn, we did all that. We had all that going. It'll kind of make you look at yourselves in the present state you're at. And it'll make you want to alter yourself. It'll make you want to come and cling onto your own and want to see that greatness again. You see, he don't want you to see that greatness again because he knows it is possible for you to see that greatness again. And if you see that greatness again and you make that greatness a reality where you stand on this planet, then your stand for greatness, your movement toward greatness will be his downfall. Because there's only one seat of rulership. There's not multiple seats of rulership. There's only one seat of rulership. There can only be one ruler, one master, one overseer. And that should be the elect, the almond race. Not the bright, not the, excuse me, not the black race, not the white race, but the bright race. Those who are not trying to organize and structure out of anger who are trying to organize out of revenge, but to organize and structure out of necessity. 
See, because at this point, if we are not organizing and structuring out of necessity, the need to come to power, to come into a state of rulership, then not, this is all for nothing. Because I already know, like I said, I'm not. My work will not go in vain. My work won't go in vain. I know that to bring our people together and keep our people together and keep them glued together mentally and always showing them the bigger picture is what will alter our present-day surroundings. Us galvanizing and being one people, organized, orderly, structured, will produce greater effects than the beast can ever have thought of. Why? Because, again, our civilizations and societies are much older than his. Hell, they much older than him himself. Our civilizations are much older than the humans. You see, we had civilization and society before they were even created. So think about that. That is their biggest fear, that our people will come alive again. They will come out of a stage of blackness, out of a stage of death, out of a stage of darkness. Again, calling us black people, and then the beast associates black with death, with darkness, non-living, Negro, dead black. It's because they wanted to kill our people. They left our people as the walking dead. They couldn't kill all of our people, so... What did they do? They killed you mentally. The beast killed you mentally. He wiped away your memory. He wiped away your identity. He wiped away your purpose for living. And you all accepted it when you became black people. When you became black people, you forfeited everything that you were supposed to have, that you were destined to have. As the overseers and the rulers of this planet, as the almond race, you forfeited everything. Even to this day, if you ask a so-called black man, you know, about rulership and being in power, there, there's, oh, no, no, about all that, you know. I just want, you know, nah, you know, we all equal, we all the same, nobody. They'll say that because they're taught to think that way. They're trained to think that way. They're trained not to want to be organized. They're trained to not want to be orderly. They're trained to work against one another. Black people. So when they talk about colonizers coming into Africa, when they talk about colonizers coming into America, when they talk about colonizers going anywhere in the world where our people are, I say that's one way to look at it from the bottom from the top, meaning you look at it from where the beast stands, you see it simply as organization, structure, because everything must be organized. Everything must be structured on earth, even us. We are no different. We are part of this biological biosphere that's coming into being. And the biological biosphere of this planet, this world, this planet is coming into order, into organization, into structure with itself. So the people on it must be the same way. They have to be the same way. We have no choice but to be that way. And if by chance we should not or we do not become that, 
that is no fault of anyone but our but ours. That's our own fault. We are experiencing the things we are experiencing because we refuse to come together because we don't see any power in being together. We don't see the power in it. You see, still think like black people, still think like Negroes, still think we are powerless people, and y'all don't take something like this seriously because you off into your own individual mindset. You off into your own individual ways of doing things. And when you are off into your own individual ways of doing things, you take away from the power of what our people are supposed to be, what we're supposed to become. Again, we could not have had the order and the structure we had here in the society, the civilization, if we were the same as what we are now. That's how I said, you know, we were different people, a lot different. So the pers- the people of the past, the Olmecs, the Aztec, the Inca, the Mayan, those people, our, our descendants, or should I say, yeah, are the ones from which we descend, they would not recognize us today. It's a, except by race, by color, by race. That's the only way they would recognize us. But mentally, behavioral-wise, they would be turning over in their graves, in their crypts, or wherever they're buried, that they're turning over, looking at our people today, looking at them buying into all forms of chaos and confusion, disorderly conduct. And that's what the beast is selling you. He's telling your woman she could be liberated, which does what? When he tells her, he gives her liberation or permission. He gives her permission to go against the family, to be against the family structure, to go against the nuclear family while he's strengthening his family. But he tells your woman she could be liberated. She can go against the order. He tells your woman she can be with other races of men. And what does that do? That takes away from the nucleus of the so-called black family. When the mom, when mommy out here looking to lay down with strange men, or not of her race, not of her kind, and produce seeds that are not truly of her race and her kind, comes by what them promoting love and acceptance, right? They they talk, they want to promote love and acceptance, right? Intolerance, racial tolerance. Don't forget that. But it's funny. The very thing that the so-called white man promotes to us, the so-called liberals, they themselves don't believe it, nor do they practice it because they're always going to stay on code. They're always going to be organized. They're always going to be orderly because they're never going to abandon their power. They're never going to abandon that power. They'll say these things to keep you thinking that way because the only reason the liberals teach you all this nonsense about we're all together, we're all the same, we're so, that's just to disarm you. That's to disarm you as a people from working together collectively because now that you think you got these allies and these people who you think are, you know, going to be your friends and, oh, we don't need that, then you start thinking, oh, well, we don't need no uh, um, unity amongst our people. We don't need that because I got a white friend. I got a white husband. I got a white wife or Asian wife or Asian husband. So now – you start thinking to yourself, well, I, well, I can't, you know, we can't make it all about our people and black people. We can't make it because, you know, we we in our own individual things. And if your individual situation is a threat to the organization of our people, and I say our people, not 
our people and your white boyfriend, white husband, white girlfriend, white wife, whatever, then you are dangerous to us. You are compromised because you chose individuality, your own individual desires or wants or whatever you think it is over the collective body of organization, and that's black people in general today. Black people are mentally and physically selfish. They are mentally and physically selfish. Why do I say that? Because nothing they do is with the collective in mind. Everything they do is about individuality. And if you everything you do is based in individuality, then guess what? Your people get an F when it comes to unity, structure, and order. You are the person that stamps the F on our people. Because you want to teach this nonsense that I'm my own God, we are we are we are one monolith, and you're still not getting it. The very reason why the white man is in power is because he thinks opposite of you, simple ass Negroes. He thinks opposite of I'm my own God. We are on we not or we don't need no leader. We are own monolith. See, he thinks opposite that, so that's why he's in rulership. He thinks opposite of that, and you niggas who you want people to slip here. You talk about, uh, you know, we are own gods and we are own leaders. Where is your power? And this is corporations, all these things you say we need. Where is that all at? How do you build that when you are your own god, you do whatever you want to do, and you don't want to be a part of anything? How is it that any of that is possible? You know? You talk out of both sides of your face. You'll say, oh, we need more doctors. We need more lawyers. We need more scientists. Where is this we coming from if if you're your own God? If you're your own God, where is this we coming from? Why do you so-called black people talk about we need this and we need that? Why is it we when you want something, right? We want reparations. You ain't saying I want reparations. You're saying we black people want reparations. Why do you use the collective when it benefits you and when you or when you think it's going to benefit you, but when it can ultimately benefit you, oh, I'm, we are own God, we don't need no leader, we are own individual, we, are, we ain't one monolith, that's when you come with the bullshit. That's when the bullshit starts. When it really comes time for our people to come into a state of power, all the individual nonsense and foolishness comes out. That's why I said all these black guys, these black people that start these black organizations and this blackity black stuff, these people are given money. They're given financial backing by the beast to do these things because this is nothing but a distraction. You see, it's nothing but a distraction. They're given all this monetary backing and things like that to produce all kinds of organizations and things like that that are not for the evolution of our people. They're just there to waste time, like the National, the NAACP, the Urban League. You know, it's a bunch of these black organizations out here who do nothing but waste time, waste money, and waste valuable and precious thought for those who have it in those organizations. You probably got a few smart people in those organizations, but they're being led by a bunch of jackasses and being funded by a bunch of conniving and cunning people who have been in charge of those organizations since they started. You see, uh, people 
who in their own faith are all about coming together and unifying and controlling. Whereas they tell you that you shouldn't think that way, that you should love everybody, that we need to all be together, but they don't think that way. They really don't think that way. They don't believe that. They tell you that to disarm you, you see, to disarm you, to catch you off guard, to get you to destroy whatever bit of family, sanity, unity that you have amongst each other. That is all meant to destroy that. You know, I'm going to show you that. You know, when they made that movie, um, when they made the movie um, with Sidney Poitier, um, it was called um, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, right? They called it Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. You know, I used to ask myself, why did a white man make these kind of movies in the 50s and the 60s? Why did they make these kind of movies that they called groundbreaking? Why did the Beast make these kind of movies where they introduce Sidney Poitier, the so-called black man, into these white surroundings? You know, I had to really think about that. I really had to think about that. My answer was that they can introduce one of our people into a surrounding or setting that they think they want to be in if they can introduce a show on film that they can introduce one of our own people, so-called black people, into a surrounding and a setting in which they would be welcomed and, you know, embraced, they would take to that society or that group of people, which Sidney Poitier did. He was introduced into white surroundings and settings. He had, you know, his white woman and whatnot uh, and, um, Guess who's coming to dinner? And even to this day, he still got his white woman. You see, and his, and his great children. You see, so in doing that, and in introducing that, and putting people in alignment to that mentality and to that mindset, it what does it do? It makes black people say, "Well, damn." If there's a place for Sidney Poitier amongst white people, if he's good, good, good black, black, you know, Negro, and he's good, you know, he he's they he they kind, I I could aspire to be that. I don't have to hang around black people and just be a nigger. I can go around white people and be accepted and be like a token one of them. You know, I could be the the I could be the uh, first black person to do this, the first black person to do that. You know, as long as they play up those themes, you're the first black person to do this, you're the first black mayor of this city, you're the first black engineer, you're the first black such and such that did that. You know why they do that first black bullshit? They do all that first black nonsense because, you know, they saying that, you know, in spite of all of the, you know, propaganda and stereotypical nonsense we made up on you Negroes, once we made you in the Negroes, well, if you guys actually got to break through and accomplish something, that's that's something great. So we might as well make you the first black such and such. You the first black this. You the first black that. The hell with the fact that you come from civilizations that outlast them, that are more advanced than them. They can't let you know that. They can't let you know that because it puts you in the mind of power 
It puts you in the mindset of power. And where does power truly belong? It belongs with us. Power truly belongs with us. It don't belong with nobody else. You could tell that the word supreme and power, that totally belongs with us, the bright race, the almond race formerly of the black race. That totally belongs to the copper-colored people. That totally belongs to us. Power and supremacy belong to us. Why? Because by nature, it does belong to us. See, we don't have to connive and trick and lie and do all this stuff to get into power. See, all we had to do is become one unimental force. You see? That's why Gaya Gahuva said we have to stop the rise of a black messiah that will electrify the masses. He didn't say we had to stop the rise of a black messiah that's going to make all these niggas rise up and start killing whitey. He didn't say that because they're not worried about that. They would rather you try and do that than the than the latter, which is just coming together and being a community. That's powerful within itself. Just coming together and being a community is powerful in itself. Being cooperative with one another is powerful within itself because we all know black people are not programmed. They're not mentally hardwired. They're not, you know, neurologically hardwired to think that way. When when we in kindergarten, we already start seeing ourselves as individuals when we're children in kindergarten. You know, you start falling into cliques, right? Start falling into cliques. The children, they're they going to hang out with who they're going to hang out with, and they're going to ostracize some of the children and whatnot. So already that started as a clique. Now, if you see white children in kindergarten and, and all this, they are taught to work together, structure, and be orderly and organized. That's how they're taught. That's taught to them early. So... Why is that not taught to our people? Simply because they want to breed chaos and confusion and disorderly conduct amongst our people. I never used to understand. I remember why this white woman, this white lady came to my school. I always tell this story, Miss Gerber, Jewish woman. She comes to my school, Gerber. She came to my school and was a teacher there in the 70s. And I could not for the life of me understand why this white woman coming around us. And I even had to ask her at five years old, I think four or five years old, I had to ask her, why are you here? I don't know what made me ask that. That was burning because it just didn't seem right. It just seemed off. It seemed out of order. But now that I know at 50 years old, I look back on that, it was meant to be out of order. It was meant to be out of order. Her presence was meant to create disorder and disunity amongst our people. I see it. That's why she was sent there. Why would you care about a bunch of little black kids in, in the in the Brownsville in the hood somewhere in the little nursery school? Why would you want to come and work be amongst us and work amongst us? Answer: Because your presence was meant to sow disunity. Your presence was meant to sow chaos and confusion. And like I said. For the children whose minds weren't keen enough to see that, for the black teachers who were there who weren't keen enough to see that her presence there was meant to cause chaos and confusion, she did it anyway. And like I said, if you, you remember, for those of y'all who've seen that picture when I was a little boy 
and you seen the white woman hugging me, and I'm looking at her like, uh, you know, she made sure she went out of her way to embrace me. She made sure she went out of her way to try and get me to trust her because she already knew I was looking at her sideways, especially when I asked her that question. Because so probably in her mind, she's like, oh, shit, one of them knows. One of them know. You see? You know, one of them knows. So then they think to themselves, oh, she said, I better befriend him. I better be I better be nice to him. Because I ain't never see her never get hugging on it and putting up and being all putting up face all next to him, being hugging all on the mother kids. She sure did it to me. She sure did it to me. She sure tried to make me the special one. You see? She tried to make me the special one. I was like, uh, okay, whatever. You know. It just it just came off as awkward. But see, creating an awkward situation in these people, creating an awkward situation carries that mindset. You see, creating an awkward situation carries that mindset of disorder to destabilize destabilize us as a people. That's why they always make their presence known. That's why you got the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, yet black people ain't running the organization. Jews are running the organization. That's like that's like a black person going and saying, I'm going to be the head of the JDL. I'm going to be the head of the Jewish Defense League. Wonder how that'll go over with them. It wouldn't. You see, because they're not going to allow you or anyone outside them to disrupt their structure, their organization. That's why they don't want you in their neighborhoods. They don't want you around them because, like I said, white people have this way of organizing and structuring themselves and whatnot and their people early. And the presence that you have there will disrupt that. Your presence, that's why they were so racist on our people in the South, because once they, see, once niggas were no longer slaves and you were of no use to white people, to these Caucasians, you know, these beasts, once you were no, no longer a slave, once they could no longer say, oh, that's my slave, and it's that, then, they, then it was like, get away from me, nigga. Get out, get out of my face, nigga. Once they you can they couldn't use your woman as a bed wench no more or degrade you men or you know castrate you beat up on you talk crazy to you because they 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 derive power from that they got a charge out of that mistreating our people because they know our people are powerful people you see so they got a charge out of it they didn't get a charge off of doing that to nobody but our people the strongest people the once strongest people and they know and they fear a time where that will happen again because we had longevity. We had longevity in our rulership. See, they ain't really had longevity. The so-called white man been in rulership maybe 1,000, 1,500 years tops. He's, that's not the longest he's been in rulership, you see. So a people who have been in rulership for thousands and thousands and thousands of years that is a slap in the face as far as time goes to their little bit of time in which they've been in rulership. You see, 
They don't want us to come forward into rulership again, but that is what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen going forward in the future as we head toward the fourth dimension. Time is shifting, and so are we. Time is shifting, and so are we. We are becoming renewed in our intelligence. We're becoming renewed in our thought process. We are becoming renewed in our power. We are receiving our power. We are magnifying in our power. We are extending in our power onto the highest of levels, the highest degree. And we must accept our place in power. We must accept our place as the receivers of a greater message, a greater message of unification that has been long overdue for the spell that has been cast on our people, that spell of blackness, a spell of darkness, is now being lifted and what is being replaced with is a mindset of brightness, clarity, upper mental reception. The things that we are able to hear and accept now about ourselves, we ain't fighting against them. I remember somebody said something very key to me one time. They said, you know, it was a time where people would try to call in all the time and debunk mental acts, even though they never did. They try to call in and want to go back and forth with me. And you can clearly see, if you go back on those old broadcasts, you can clearly see that we were not on the same page. You had the people speaking to them. I was speaking a whole different language. And that language was that of logic and rationale. I was speaking a completely different language from them. See, they were speaking the language of their slave masters. They were speaking philosophy. They were speaking his ideologies, his talking points. And I was speaking from pure reality, pure logic, pure rationale. That is beyond them, beyond the beast, beyond their slave master. So they couldn't they couldn't handle it. So they would call of course I would become crazy and they would say I was crazy and something wrong with me and, you know, he, he he really ain't got no plan for our people. And I said to them, I don't have no plan for black people at all. Guilty. I have no plan for black people. I do, however, have a plan for bright people. I have a extended plan, an ongoing plan for the bright race. No plans for black people in sight at all. None. Except to wish you well. That's it. Because in the reality and in the scope of the bigger picture, just won't do. Hell, the white man even has, uh, has come to come to realize white won't even do. So he's headed toward the gray, toward the gray area where he will prosper again, where he will grow again, where he will move within his circle again. See, that was the hedge that was put over the human. The hedge that was put over the human, the prison that was put over the human was the third dimension. We just we just became like the COs that was trapped in the cage with them, the three-dimensional cage with these damn humans. That's what we became, unfortunately. Now, due to 
our good behavior, some of us, due to our righteous behavior, some of us, some of us are getting early parole. Some of us, our sentence is almost up. We're getting early parole. And once we are paroled into where we belong, which is the fourth dimension, then our power will start and it will not be stopped. There will be no interruption in the process or the progress of the Amit. We're right back. You've changed. That sparkle in your eye has gone. Your smile is just a careless young. You're breaking my heart. You've changed. You've changed. Thank you. 
and collectivism for our people should be something dead in the water. It should be dead in the water. We cannot live that way. We cannot live that way. We cannot move forward that way. And if we cannot move forward, if we cannot live together collectively, if we cannot answer this call to power, then it means nothing. It means nothing in the evolution of our people. Nothing. Nothing will ever come to our people. Like I said, black people, you know, and I'm not saying that black people are my focus, but black people have to be seen in one or two ways, either as people to follow or people not to follow as people to listen to or not to listen to. I vote for not to listen to, not to follow, not to accept anything, because we can no longer look at life through black glasses, black eyes, black anything. We cannot see the world, the future world to come, through blackness any longer, because that is seeing the world through a veil. That is seeing the world through a veil a veil of darkness, and we can no longer look at the world in darkness. We have to look at the complete picture as bright people, as thinking people. I call on the bright race of you, those of you who are of the bright race, to see the world in illuminated spectrums of pure brightness, illuminated spectrums of pure brightness. See, because when you see the world that way, you begin to see the future of the world. You begin to see the future reality of the world and you're able to judge the world and everything in it accordingly even yourself when you look at the world as a collective body when you move as a collective body of people and you move as a people who are the first and only people power is not too far away See, it starts with an attitude. It starts with a way of thinking. It starts with a form of perception, transmission. It starts with an ideology, an idea first and foremost. And then you must become that idea of what you see. Ideas, thoughts, and all these things are laid out for us so that we become these things. We become these people. We become these uh, uh because we have left individuality, oneness, individual oneness behind. 
and we have taken on a whole different power, a whole different entity of power. We have become something that we can no longer contain. We have become something we can no longer contain. What do I mean by that? I mean that we can no longer hide what we are becoming. We can no longer hide that. Why I said it is because I said when you go out, those of you who are my followers who walk with me on this road toward the fourth dimension of the bright race, you already said when we go out in the world, people know you as different from everybody else. People see you as different from everybody else. So that's no longer the ability to hide your light under a bushel, hide your brightness under a bushel, hide, period. Because you're now being seen. You now represent the found. Where at one point our people, and still a majority of those who people now are the illuminated ones, the bright ones, the extended ones. Right? That's us. That's us in living color. Rising into a higher state of being. Becoming something beyond what we previously thought we were. See, the people who can't see that, those are the dead receivers. The people who are still, you know, a good sign of the people who are meant to be of the elect are the people who can see this vision, this vision of power, this vision of supremacy. Not black supremacy, not white supremacy, but bright supremacy. For a chosen race of people, who have been chosen to elevate out of a state of darkness and into a state of pure brightness, driven by the power of Amen, raised in hell and ascending into heaven. Raised in hell and ascending into heaven. Why do I say that? It's where you find out who you are and who you how you come together as a people and you gather your strength and garner your strength as a people in hell. You find out who you truly are in hell and poverty and racism and all of these things that you had to endure as quote-unquote black people. We found out who we were in hell, you see. And while we finding out who we are in hell, some of our people want to stay in hell and stay in the illusion of nothingness because they think that this, that this is all there is. And for many, unfortunately, this is all there is. There is nothing more. But there is something more to come. Whether you are part of those pictures, those chapters in the book of life, the eternal book of life, that all depends on you. And it depends on the agreement that your parents made the agreement that they made in bringing you forward depends all on that. That's cooperation. And that is organization. Organization is key. Because if we understood or we understood organization, then we would stop calling the beast a colonizer. We would stop calling them gentrifiers and just refer to them as organizers, and become that ourselves, that which we are meant to be. 
organizers, people who are structured, people who are disciplined, people who are lawful and orderly, commanding respect just by our way of carrying ourselves, our way of thinking. Because, see, your way of thinking can literally alter your image. I talk, I'm talking about your physical image. Your way of thinking can literally alter your physical image. You see, this is why those of you who are walking with me, this is why you'll all say the same thing. You'll say, you know, people look at me different, whether they be black, whether they be white. They look at me different. They see us, you know, they see us, they know it's something different about us. I told you, it's going to come a time where the world will know who we are. That time is not now. Even with me putting this message out, the time is not now for the world to know who we are. Because it was foretold that we would come forward in these last days and next times as the elect 144,000 that's being gathered in this day and time. That's really happening. Like I said, Gag, Hoover saw it. John, whoever the hell he was in Revelation, saw it. So this was written and stoned and baptized by fire, raised in the continual and constant spectrum of living color. This is what we come to be. We come to be the almond race, race of lords, race of law, race of order, race of structure, race of organization, unification, unimental Collectivism, physical collectivism, community. Now, these are words that so-called black people wouldn't even begin to understand. But it's okay. We don't need them to understand it. We don't need them to comprehend it. We don't need them to agree with it. We just need them to move out of our way. Move out of our way the same way the humans must move. Because we have something worth moving for And that is the fourth dimension That is the future world that is coming in As we are aligning ourselves with that future world With that future state That is the future world of power That is the future world of perception That is the future world of vision Extended vision This world is coming to an end This world is coming to an end. This world is coming to a halt because it must be replaced with an extended version. Those who have the ability to bring that in through what they envision in the future are the leaders of tomorrow. I'm speaking of you all who are the elect of Amun, who are the Amun race. Speaking of you all, speaking to you all, I'm making reference to you as a people, as a greater people, in power, in illumination, in reception, to the greater and extended space of time, space, upper dimensions, outer dimensions. This is what we've come to be. This is the space we've come to occupy world much vast than this. This is what we've come to 
be. We came here to become something greater. We came here to become something stronger. We came here to become something purposeful to the elect, to the higher-ups, to our ascendants, to our army. That's what we came here for. And terraforming this earth, this future earth, those things we see may be scary. It is soothing times. Times to become uh, peaceful in a state of unity. One mind, one body, one soul, NZZ, NZZ, N144. This is the blueprint that's being laid forward. This is the reality that has been looking or has been, you know, I want to say not looking, but has been, you know, making its way to replace that which we've been seeing, the the surreal world that we've been living in. Reality is looking to replace everything here with things that we we currently, or things that we saw previously. We're not totally complete. Things that we saw previously in the three-dimensional world are not totally complete. The people, nothing. So it is up to us to establish ourselves as complete people, advanced people, extended people, so that we can replace those who are not. This is evolution. The same way the beast was able to overthrow our societies in the ancient world, because he, for that point in time, represented evolution and where he was going. That's the same way it will happen for us. See, we wasn't on our square, as they say. We didn't have our stuff together. We didn't have that ruling mentality. We lost it, but we had it one time, but we lost it. This is what we ended up becoming as a result of that. Okay. This is what we ended up becoming as a result of that. So now we must become something more. We must become something more. And we're being given the blueprint on how to become that more. We're being given the blueprint on how to become that something more. We must follow the blueprint. We must follow the blueprint of a brighter race, a brighter people. We must follow the blueprint and also use that which we have previously saw from the lesser and the lower. There's a lesson to be learned from the lesser and the lower. You're humans. And that is to always think above and beyond them. Always think past them. Because if not, what is truly our use but to serve them? We'll be right back.
when time starts again, what do I mean when I say when time starts again? When time is really starting again and we're moving in this state that we're supposed to be moving in, in that upper dimensional state, in that space, then and only then will we be required to sync up with time. Sync up with time, align ourselves with time, and higher definition. We have to be a higher definitive people, a people of definitive character, definitive structure, definitive order, so that people cannot make their way into our spectrum, into our space as colonizers, as gentrifiers, as organizers. We should be the first and foremost people doing these things, pioneering and trailblazing these ways as the fourth dimension is the bright race. It behooves me and it, you know, puzzles me that black people want to remain black. It really puzzles me that black people want to remain black. They want to remain in a space of darkness, in a space of ignorance, in a space of nothingness, for nothing. When there is something greater to aspire to, something greater to accomplish, we are accomplishing that right now. I told you, all of you who walk with me, the world is watching us. Don't think they're not. They're watching us. They're watching this experiment take place where someone who was basically in obscurity, myself, speaking of myself, being in obscurity, now making a name for himself, starting a movement from scratch with no former training, no former doctrine to fall back on, taking a motley crew of people such as yourselves in random places all over the planet, putting out the signal, putting out the call, and y'all coming from the most strangest places all over the world to hear this message and come into alignment with it, to structure, to organize, order. What is all this for? So that we, in the future, will not fall victim to what our ancestors fell victim to hundreds of years ago their inability to structure, organize, and comply, cooperate collectively for their own salvation, for their own survival. This is what we're not going to fall victim to. They had to go down so that we learn a lesson from them. So now we can come up. So voices such as myself, this only voice that you're going to hear is here to guide us forward as a people, mind, body, and soul. Mind, body, and soul is how we will enter this next stage of power, this next stage of enlightenment, this extended stage of power, mind, body, soul. There's only one space that we are meant to occupy, and that is that space, 
top where we will be alone and we will have no partners. Just us. Just us and see the power. The world is out of order because we are out of order. Remember that. The world is out of order because we are out of order. We've lost our way. We've lost our way and we've become or we've allowed ourselves to fall into darkness, into blackness, and we can no longer see what our direction is. See, when they call us black people, they knew they were producing a directionless, purposeless people with no destination, no place to arrive to. And that becomes dangerous. That becomes dangerous in a world where people must have a place to go, a time to ascend, a time to move forward continuously. If you are no longer those kind of people, you become, you become what they call nomadic. You know how the nomads, they would be in the desert and they would just be going about in the desert, wandering in the desert from place to place to place. No real destination, just wandering. That has become black people in America and all over the planet, even in your own homelands that you don't even recognize no more. The beast done got you to believe that this is his world and that you're just someone existing rather than the latter, which is the other way around. The reality will show itself as we become brighter, as we become more illuminated, as we become more magnetic in our pull toward the forward, toward the future. This is the reality that is making itself clear to us, some of us. Some of us still want to hang around in darkness. Some of us still want to hang around seeking light. It is not for us to seek light anymore. We're in our state of enlightenment right now as we're moving toward brighter and extended space. We are in that seat of enlightenment. Enlightenment transfers its motion to us toward power. Enlightenment transfers its motion toward power. And we must move forward in that motion of power. Enlightenment is power. Motion to power. We must keep going. We must restore ourselves as the illuminated ones, as the ones who are in reception to extend the transmission, continuously receiving this transmission, these constant and continual messages that will guide us into the upper dimension. This is the reality of what we came here to be. This is the reality of what we have become or what we are becoming. There is no turning back. The turn back is death. Darkness, blackness. We did not come here to be black people. We did not come here to fail. We did not come here to carry out any illusions of power. Only pure power, which is the communication, the constant reception, constant vision of who we are meant to be what we are meant to become, 
what it is that we live for to sustain our lives forever. That is eternal power. That is continuous organization. That is continuous structure and higher and definitive states of pure illumination. Hail Amen. Hail Amen, supreme of all. Power unmatched by any in the world. A greater world to come as we align ourselves with that power. I reissued that word with a greater vibration on it. And in reissuing that word and attaching it to us as a race, it was to bring us pure power, pure perception, pure soul, movement, formation, the ascension. This is what we come to be. This is what we came here to be. I want you all to hear me. We are not turning back. There's nothing to turn back toward. I walked this earth for 51 years to see the day where all this would take place. I saw a lot of things I can't mention, things that my mind to this day still don't understand, does not comprehend, does not register. But it put me on the path to where I am now. Sort of like when you're thrown in the air, where you land is where you're meant to land. How you land is how you're meant to land. This is a case with all of you who heard this message. You were thrown for a loop when you heard, first heard this message. You were thrown for a loop. And where you landed was where you didn't expect to land. Here. Following orders. In the organization. In community. In communion with Amin. As the Amin race. N Z D N N Z D N N N Z D N one four four N Z D N N Z D N N N Z D N N N one four four. We must lock ourselves into that continuous reception of power. This will not make its way onto blog talk. I mean, not blog talk, YouTube, as it will leave a lot of people speechless. I'm sure. Just as um, this broadcast of the environment in the future world did. Very few comments, as I knew it would be. I told you all I would take y'all to places mentally and eventually physically where nobody can follow. That time is coming. I said this before to you all that a day would come where the world would know who we are. That day is now. That day is next. So, in processing everything that I've shared tonight, I know it resonated with who it's meant to resonate with. And those who only hear what they want to hear were puzzled by what they're hearing. Stay puzzled. 
make your mind work to overstand. And if you have to make your mind work to overstand, it ain't for you to overstand. The process is just that a process, procession of thought, the revealing of an extended picture. We are the revealing or the revelation of the extended picture. We are the continuous and constant. We are the ongoing. We are the continuous. And we are meant to be the constant. This is constant and continuous power. Perception. And the realization of that. There is nothing else. Nothing for us. And that's a good thing because there's nothing to turn back to. All there is is death. Keep that in mind as we ascend onto a path toward the fourth dimension. We are on the road. We are moving. Keep this in mind that this is really happening. Because if you think otherwise, then you don't belong here. Shouldn't be listening to me. I have no plan for the black race. I have no plans or ideas for the white race. I have no plans or ideas for the human race. I didn't come for them. I came for you all. Yaman race. Let me go ahead and answer these questions before we leave here. Who are the colonizers or the organizers? The people who we have allowed to think beyond and above us who usurp our authority who surpass us right and that's our fault because we're always supposed to see above and beyond everyone here as the overseers what is the difference between the two nothing are black people organizers no no They are organized like animals. They are sectioned and systemized and put in systems. As you say, they are institutionalized through education, through the job market, through enterprise. They are institutionalized through the penal system. Is gentrification and organization the same? Yeah. It is. The same people that hit your communities, your from black not your community, your neighborhoods. Let me not lie and say there's a black community. Your neighborhoods. They're coming as a community. Replace their neighbors. Why are black people not organized? Because they were not programmed to be organized. Black people were not programmed to be organized. They were programmed to be disorganized, disunified. That's it. I'm going to close out in the name of Amen by the power of Amen. Amen, we trust and Amen, we thank it and Amen, we continue forward forever. I am the intellectual new Ben Kari. This has been Mental Like Radio. See you guys back in the morning at 10. Night.
We the ones that leave all zeros when we come through The superheroes they think of, speak of Supremacy when you see us The cure for your sickness Disease, mental lock, intellect The real republic, why not us? Spot flooded with serpents Flew here, urgent From another planet, Persian Hopped out the teleport straight from Krypton Balzard, rocking all blue New neck, Superman, bronze hand Palm the world in my hand Goddamn, the Lord's coming for you I'm a I'm his priest, slayer beast Same animal cave dwellers To tell her, lucrative business endeavors Marijuana got my eyes red Like the sun at dusk, sun set it off High power laser beam, clean them off Hit my target marksman, perfect aim Sharpshooter, bullseye, the most high Gave me the sign, mesmerize the masses With my classics, like this Invested half a mil in past film deals Folly Hollywood, demonic producers Atropolis, exposing your closed circle of criminal Wizards, spell casting, robbing black artists and actors, tells from the crypt and shit, flip the script on them, time for judgment and punishment on them. No 
Still mafioso, only built for armors and lex Intellectuals take over the globe Future prophecy, we here connect Future vision of our attention Lord of diligence, loyal strength and power Iron sharpens iron, sparks flying Man of steel, made from carbon 2000 degrees At ease, soldier, fire starter Flames on like torture Bars, fantastic, full, all wise, civilized, prepare for war, peacemaker. Fuck, ride or die, we rise and fly forever. Future teller, break my dark acapella when the beat drop. Pop off like cork, champagne bottles on New Year's. Cheers, no fear in our hearts. Z mark the spot, jackpot, triple sevens, add em up. 21 gun salute, don't make me shoot. Mental boot camp, tens the number, future tell them what, linear from the circular, tens the number, we are future teller, future tellers, see that perfect picture, uh.